Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the supply chain and the emergency that's going on right now and how much worse can it be. So today, Perry Stone talks to a large trucking owner and asks him just exactly what is going on and how it could affect our future. We've talked about some of this before in past broadcasts, but I think this information today is vital for us to be able to prepare for a certain catastrophe if things don't change in this country. So here now is Perry Stone and his interview with David Parker of Covenant Transport talking about what's going on now in the supply chain as well as what's going to happen in the future. Well, I'm Perry Stone and I want to welcome you to something very special that we're going to be sharing with you that I'm interested in personally. I have with me David Parker, who is the CEO of Covenant Transport. I'm familiar with Covenant Transport because my dear board of directors and board member Rick Tao was the vice, a senior vice president at Covenant Transport for about 10 years, a wonderful man of faith, and David is as well. Now, he's going to explain to you the trucking crisis, the present crisis, and where this will go in the future, and maybe the changes that can be made to help the United States in this particular situation. So David, first of all, it's good to have you, but for those who may not be familiar with Covenant Transport, tell us a little bit about the headquarters, how many trucks are on the road, and some uh, information that may help them. Uh, thanks, it's, it's, it's great to be here, Perry. Uh, yeah, there is, uh, from, from a Covenant standpoint, you know, Jacqueline and I, my wife and I started the company in 1986 with, uh, with 25 trucks and you know, we start off running a bunch of team drivers, two people to a truck. Think about this driver situation that we're going to be talking about. We had to have two of them. And so we started in 1986 with 25 trucks. And today, you know, 35 years later, uh, we're operating about 2,500 trucks. But then we're also in logistics. We got a, there's a lot more to the company than just trucks. We have over over 3 million square feet of warehouse space throughout the United States and where we're managing warehouses for our customers. We have, uh, yeah, we have a brokerage company where, you know, we have no assets. Those 2,500 trucks do not service the, the brokerage side of our business. And that in itself is a 300 million, close to a $280 million company by itself that's just doing brokerage. And then we have uh, warehousing, logistics, where we are running small traffic departments for small uh, shippers, not the large ones, but right. smaller ones that, you know, they're, they're operating a tow motor one day and the next day they're, you know, they're trying to find a truck and we come in and we become their traffic department for them. And so we do that and then we own 49% of a, of a leasing company that has 
Mm, over 2,000 trucks and 7,000 trailers, and we wow. own 49% of that company. So, you know, all together, all together, we're close to about, you know, I don't know that we'll break a billion dollars this year in revenue, but, you know, we're going to be knocking on the door of a billion dollars this year. And so Amazing. we went, it, it's been phenomenal growth. We went, we went uh, public in 1994, and, uh, you know, that's been an experience. And, you know, this, this company has just been, Blessed of God, even, and when I say blessed of God, I'm talking about the two times in 35 years I've been broke. I've been broke <laughs> a couple of times as well. And I only just, I just didn't shut the doors. Right. And we just kept praying and seeking and asking and God delivered us on two different occasions in 35 years. And uh, so we have been blessed both financially and as well as when we needed God to move. It's amazing. Well, let me say, ask you a question here. There, is, there seems yep. to be, for example, in California, where they're having difficulty getting the freight ships unloaded. Everyone's heard about that. Um, yeah. And I know you have worked, of course, in California with your company and uh, probably yeah. still do. Yeah. But I want you to share with me, there is a real crisis in the making. And if trucks are off the road, it would be uh, worse, 10 times worse than the Great Depression in the United States yeah. if trucks are not delivering. And so yeah. there's a driver situation, trucking situation, fuel situation. So you yeah. take it and give me give me a little bit of what you shared with me on the telephone that I think people are going to be intrigued with about this real truck trucking issue. It's very real. It is absolutely very real. Uh, you know, we're probably also FYI, we're probably I don't I don't know if we're number one, but we're in the top five uh, carriers that run the state of California on a transcontinental, you know, not local, but running cross country to California. Uh, we are a large presence in the state of California. I don't know if that's good or bad, depends <laughs> on what day it is out, out, out there. But anyway, yeah, it has absolutely been uh, an issue that is just strangling, you know, the, the supply chain because the supply chain is, uh, it comes from from different avenues that's causing all of the issues. First of all, it starts with when we shut the economy down, January of 2020, March 16th of 2020, we shut the economy down and nothing, it put a halt to manufacturing in China. It goes back also to that same thing is we're finding out how much product is made in China. We're right. finding yeah, the manufacturing base is pathetic what we've allowed in the United States to happen in, in, in China, all in the name of, quote, cheap labor. Uh -huh. And and so everything has been manufactured in China from drugs. I'm talking about drugs that are needed, yeah, uh, the drugs that are yeah. needed for us to all manufacturing is based there. And so the manufacturing sector stopped. It closed down because of COVID. And then three or four months later, about June of 2020, we started opening back up and President Trump was exactly correct at that time. And that was, this is gonna be a V-shaped economy. And that means the economy's doing well, it goes to the bottom when we shut it down. And when we open it back up, it goes straight back up and it looks like, it looks like a V. Right. And that's what happened starting in June, July of 2020. And it has not stopped ever since then. And the reason why you're seeing this abnormal uh, high inflation is because of what the government has done on spending and throwing trillions of dollars uh, into the economy 
that's causing the inflation, and some will argue, which I'd be one of them, that stagflation is absolutely right here upon us as we speak. And that's when inflation is going much higher than what wages are going up and what we're able right. to pay our employees. So that has caused the bottleneck that has happened in China. So everything's coming back. Ships are just coming into the ports of LA Long Beach. The, the largest ports in the United States are in Los Angeles. And so you have all these ships coming in. And that's what you read about is we got 78, we got 75, we got 80 sitting out in the ocean, right. anchored, waiting to get into the ports. So then you got to ask the question that says, why is that? Why are yeah. we, why are we having such a major problem? And it's really twofold. One would be, be to give you an idea, a boat, a, a, a boat will have about 11,000 containers, wow. 40 foot, 40 foot containers on a ship, over 11,000. What some companies have done because they cannot get capacity on the large ships, they're averaging, I think, 19 days sitting in the anchored in the port before they're ever brought in to unload. Okay. And so the boats cannot get back to China so they because they're stuck in Los Angeles, right. so they can't get back. And so what some customers have done is that they've gone out and rented and, and negotiated with smaller vessels. So now we've got some vessels that are coming in here that only hold 1,700 containers, 11,000 oh, wow. versus 1,700. Wow. Just because the big ships can't get back to China. And so that said, you can see what problems that has caused yeah. is that now we got a makeup of a bunch of small ships sitting in the port. Now, what's caused all that? And it is the labor issue that is very similar to what you and I look at when we go down the road and we see the restaurants and they all got signs up looking for hiring. Everybody has it. Everybody. Everybody. It doesn't It doesn't matter. We do not have, so the question is, the questions that starts there is that why pre-March 16th of 2020, we all had enough employees, you know, working yeah. and what happened? And it's because of, the amount of money that's been thrown at uh, a lot of a lot of people that have taken and decided to just take and stay on the sidelines for a while. A second thing is, is that we've got a lot of people that retired, people that are around 60 years old decided, I'm gonna retire early instead of waiting three or four years. Why? Because the stock market for the last year, year and a half has exploded. Right. Their 401k looks a lot better. And so they retired. So that said is that there's somewhere on the participation rate is something that I look at all the time. Right. And to get, huh? Yeah, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the participation rate of all workers in the United States, that number used to be always at about 66, 67% uh, of people that were eligible to work were working. And that number today is running at 60, 61 percent. Oh, wow. And so it's created about four to five million people that are not working today that were working in, in March of 2020 that are not working today. Now, that said, 
It's created the major labor issue that is going on. And as it relates to supply chain, you know, there's been two times where the United States has realized how important trucking is to the economy. One was during 2020, the virus, when everything was shut down. We weren't shut down. My mechanics, that technicians out here in this shop weren't, weren't shut down. We were all coming to work to make sure that products got from A to B. And this is before you know, the, the mandate that is going on now, trying to make sure that you get a that you get the shot. And, right. and I'm not a pro shot, non-shot. It right. don't matter to me, I have freedom. Right. And I want my people to make their decision on what they're gonna do, not not the government or, or, or an edict coming from an individual, President Biden uh, on that. So it is just continuing to cause the issue of employee issue, but how it relates to how it relates to trucking is we found out how important it was uh, when the economy shut down. But we're also finding out today when we go to the stores and there's nothing on our shelf, yeah. it's because the truckers are not out there to go. Right. So that said, as it relates to the port, don't, don't let me get ahead of myself. As it relates to the port, so you have all these ships coming in. They can unload them. So you ask, because here's an interesting stat, Perry. About 30% of the port gates are empty. Hmm. Right. I got a bunch of boats. I got a bunch of ships, a lot of containers. And there's about 30% of them that, that are not being used. And the reason for, again, it goes back to this employee problem, a worker problem. And the first line of defense, because it's not, it's not just drayage. What is a drayage? A drayage is a is a is a, co- a trucking company that picks it up at the port, picks the container up, takes it to a warehouse in Los Angeles. They then unload it and they put it on train or my trucks or somebody's right. trucks to go throughout the United States. So the first one is the drayage. The drayage has been under assault in the state of California for multiple years now, multiple years in the name of environmental environmental justice or in the name of, you know, we want a cleaner truck out there. Right. But the problem is, is that the pay that these drayage carriers get is very low. I mean, they'll, they'll sit there and haul a load that's paying them 80 or $100 per load what? to go to go sit in traffic, as you know, in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. yeah been there to go sit in traffic for three or four hours and so what that's created is the only trucks i don't do any of that the only trucks that want to do that are the mom and pops that run a 15 year old truck that run a 10 year old truck because they cannot afford a brand new truck Mm, because the way the wage is not high enough to, to support that truck and so california in the last few years in particular, the last two to three years, clean air, you got to get rid of all your old trucks, but the pay has remained the same, but California has dictated a higher cost to those carriers. So what's happened? They've wow. gone out of business. They've all shut their doors. Wow. There's none of them to pick up the containers in the port. Wow. So, so then they pick it up, 
the ones that are still in business, they pick it up. Hey, side note, California came, comes out and says, in, in January of 2023, that's a year away, any truck that's going into the port has to have zero emissions. Zero emissions. Impossible. They, don't, they can't do it. But that's another but problem. doesn't that company. mean that every trucker have to, would have to buy a brand new truck of, let's, electric or something? So, how, so what does that do to a company with 2,500 trucks that works well, in that state? Yeah. Just hypothetically. Right, right, what right. does it do? I mean, first of all, that example I just gave is that they're saying if you're going to come into the port on the most vulnerable segment, the dredge, on the older trucks, they're saying we're going to stop this. If you come into the port, you're going to have zero emission in January 23. So it's it's impossible. It's impossible so to that, do what they so, want to So, do. David, that would basically mean if this if they stick with this, nothing right. will leave California. Nothing will leave the ports to go anywhere in the United States if they were to enforce that literally. Is that Am I right or wrong? Right. right. And if nothing, then what? 20%? I mean, there'll be a group, a segment that'll right, say, group. "Okay, you know, we'll we'll do this." And what California's banking on is that supply and demand eventually will say, "We're going to do this." You all may go broke for two or three years, but eventually the weight, the rates will go up to be able to support right this truck that we're right. mandating. But yeah. there will be all kinds of upheaval, like we're going through now, wow. to get to that point. And, and so so the ones that pick up, they go to the warehouse, they don't, including our warehouses that we run, we don't have enough help. There's not enough help. We don't have them unloading and loading. The containers are sitting on my yard and I can't load them and unload them because we don't have enough help to do it. And so supply chain, think about no, no toilet paper on the shelf, no food in the store. We'll be right back with more of this very special broadcast right after this. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. We continue now with Perry Stone's interview with David Parker about how the supply chain issue is going to affect our future. We normally run to give you, and we're a good example because of our size, but we will normally run about 3% of our trucks will be open with no drivers. 3%, which is not a bad number just because a lot of our drivers, we're asking them to stay out of two weeks at a time, 10 days at a time, a long cause to run transcontinental like this, mm -hmm. you know, it takes, it takes a while to do that. Right, right. And so, and so those drivers will say, well, I'm going to go do other things and think about during this pandemic, what has exploded 
is me and you buying stuff delivered to our homes. True. That's exploded. Well, where, where did those drivers come from? <laughs> they came from the OTR, we call them over the road drivers. Yeah. They said, hey, I can be home every night. So it's just put a domino effect on on OTR that are, that drive, over the road drivers that are running out there. Wow. And so our open trucks have gone from 3% open to about nine to 10% open, triple, triple. Another thing that's happened, Perry, is that when I say us, the industry, is that what you're reading and hearing about chips, parts, and right. my trucks, Keep in mind, my average age of my truck is 22 months. We have a we have a young fleet, and we keep a young fleet. But my in the shop has tripled. When I go into shop for repair, my downtime has tripled. Mm. And so my average my average days have gone from about six days per event when I go into shops for repairs to 15 days. Wow. So. Think about the trucks. I got more trucks open, no drivers in them. I got more trucks going to the shop that are taking three times the amount of time because they don't have the parts because of the supply uh, chain. Part shortage, the, yeah. yeah. Part shortage. Mm. And so it is just causing this havoc that is causing the supply chain issue. And that's throughout the United States. It's not just Port of LA, uh, Savannah, Charleston, New Jersey, Baltimore, Chesapeake, Virginia. Mm, you don't and hear about just, those. No, it's because the large ones are here yeah. in, in LA and Long Beach, but the same issues are going on all over the United States. So what happens now and, and, and with the age of truckers, you had mentioned that there's a lot of truckers that get to a certain age or there's gonna be a lot of retirements coming in all the yeah. industry which yeah, opens right. up a, a situation where there's not enough people being trained to drive trucks now. They're just, yes. they're not being trained. And that creates another shortage, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely it does. You know, yeah, the average age right now is around 55 years old. Oh, uh, really? Of, of, yeah, of drivers huh. that are driving over the road out here. And they are, I mean, at 55, you can see what is happening. We've already, we've been, we've, it was about 57, 58, but it's in the high, mid to high, 50s is where it's at but in the last couple of in the last couple of years in particular since the pandemic think about the truck driving schools they mm -hmm. are the lifeblood yeah that's true yeah well when, when COVID hit they shut down, shut down. wow now yeah. they're, they're back up to about 50 percent of being able to operate about 50 percent because wow. they don't have the workers either to train. And so the mm -hmm. to train to train my drivers that eventually work for me. Yep. So so the lifeblood of coming into our industry is not here, and that's causing another effect. Okay. Uh, here's another here's another question on that. Yep. Fuel cost. Now I know if I remember correctly, about this time when when President Trump was president, I was buying gas in Cleveland for about one eighty a gallon. And it was like, I never thought I'd see it go under $2, to be quite honest with you. Right. But with the shutting down of pipelines, which I, I'm sorry, but I don't understand a pipeline that is just running a pipe, why you want to shut it down. I'm just, I'm, I'm right. beyond that, okay, just right. comprehending it. But the prices of diesel, because, or most of your truck's diesel, is that correct? Oh, yeah. So oh, diesel is always more. Now, how is that impacting on the cost level for your truck, for your company, as far as the cost of you taking those trucks out anywhere, 
Yeah, we, we, I buy about 40 million gallons of fuel a year. 40 wow. million gallons. And our fuel cost is just the example you just gave. It's the same thing. We're up, we are up a dollar 50 a gallon on 40 million gallons. Oh, and wow. I mean, it's, it's crazy numbers. And it's because of the stupidity of this government. We were, as we all know, a year and a half ago, we were a net net exporter of crude. True. We, for the first time in mine in your life, yeah. we were energy independent because of one word, fracking. Right. What has, the revolutionary of, of, of fracking that happened in the United States and the government taking their big hands off the throats of the operators and allowed them to go and buy and get it. Because I'm going to tell you, even if you believe in the environmental junk, I'll shut up, but even if you believe in, in, in some of the issues, the environmental, why decrease the United States so that Saudi Arabia and Russia can increase? Yeah, well, I mean, you got China, China, Russia, and Saudi all are producing oils and creating their own. We're shedding ours right. down. So where are we going to get ours from? Because this, this, and I think it's a fantasy. It would be great if we could all uh, have different types of vehicles and all that. Yep. I understand that. But the point is you don't do that overnight. It takes years to make right. any transition. And people are trying to say, okay, by six months, we're going to do this. And in two years, right. all the cars will be off the road. And I get That's tickled right. at these people that fly to the all of the, they fly their private planes with their carbon oh, yeah. footprint to do away with carbon. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're at these conferences in their Hypocrite. personal jets. And it's almost like you do what I say, not what I, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm an elitist. I have the money. I'll do this. But you poor folks down there, you just suffer. And this is almost, and I think this is why there's a frustration with the American people is because a common person who is, a common trucker, a common business person, a small business person, they ha they know the basics of how an economy should work and how That's work right. should, people should, you know, should work and work ethic and that type of thing. And yeah. it's just like being destroyed right directly in front of our eyes. Now, David, if, yeah. if prices, let's say, if prices of diesel continue to go up and you have a retirement issue with truckers that are not being replaced, now, it's, we're, not, we're not talking about just covenant transport, but let's talk about, I think USA uh, has a, um, are they not a truck lines there in Chattanooga as well? Is it USA? US Express. US Express. All right. You're in Chattanooga. They're in, Ch in the Chattanooga area. But let's take the, uh, the extremely large and, and medium truck industries that have thousands right. of trucks on the road. What is going to happen if they don't get a grip on this crisis, if they don't uh, stop some of the uh, incredible regulation that's doing nothing but hindering the delivery process for the American people. What happens in the long run if we keep going down this road from, uh, from the trucking industry? Yeah, inflation continues to spiral out of control because what is happening is that there's not enough trucks to haul the freight because we don't have enough drivers. And so it's causing rates to go up Pricing is having to go up yeah. because of parts and all this kind of stuff, which eventually is the reason why you're seeing three fifty a gallon for gasoline, and you're seeing bacon, and you're seeing eggs, and you're seeing milk, and you're seeing clothing, you're seeing all the explosion. It will not stop until we get 
labor corrected. Okay. It won't stop. It'll be, it's going to keep going. Now that said, I can tell you, we could, we could sit here. I, I do believe that the policies that this government has in whether it's first quarter, second quarter, I hope I'm wrong. I think we'll yeah. be in a recession. I right. think that we'll be in a recession because two plus two will equal four and you cannot make it equal five. And yeah. <laughs> yeah and so, so we're going to go into a recession that then will break a lot of companies. I mean, it's just, a, it's just, as we, it's just a, a tale that we all we're going to go through, but it's just going to be devastating to, to business uh, over the next two or three years. Do you believe, and, and, and of course, I have uh, the opinion of this, that there's a proverb that Solomon wrote that said, a prudent man foresees the evil coming and then he makes preparations. Do you feel like uh, you hear a lot of people, especially on YouTube channels that are very knowledgeable people, telling the American people to store up what they believe they're going to need in the days ahead as much as possible. Do you do you feel like that's probably a wise, prudent thing? Now, I'm not talking about necessarily overly hoarding, but if you need something and you know your family needs it to get it while you can get it, because there could be a possibility of a great yeah. delay for yeah. weeks or months with some things, or not just a delay, but actually an, an ability to get those things. Is that true? Yeah. You know, I, I, it, it, a, that's something I'm struggling with personally. I'm sitting there saying, do I need to go do right, something? Right. They be wise, but I'm not there yet. Right. But I do think, okay, instead of buying three cans of pinto beans, maybe I need to buy 10. Instead, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think it's got a shot of, of being, I think it's got a shot at being worse than it is. But then, Perry, the economy will start slowing down when we go into a recession right and it's going to get worse during that time but yeah i mean i think there's i think we should be using some wisdom well i, I want to say i want to say uh, and, I, and i could keep you on here forever because we got we got a lot we could talk about but i want to thank you for taking the time to kind of explain the the issue of uh you know the shortages and people not working and the training schools being at 50% and all these different things that begin to make sense to the, to the, to the viewers here of what we're dealing with and what we're going to deal with in the next couple of months. Now, in my own observation, I believe that, that probably the next year is going to be a tough year. And this is where, and I know that you're a great man of faith. You have Bible studies. You're a, you've always been a, a giver to the work of God, which I think is one of your little secrets there of how you've been blessed. And we appreciate that so much of what you've done for the kingdom of God. But I do believe that people who are believers have to get their spiritual life in order first, their prayer life down, because this is where dependency and faith and individual faith and trust um, in, in, in some call the higher power, which is the Lord himself. We are going to have to depend on him, trusting him. And I think the other thing is people need to find a good fellowship, a good church, a place where they can go and be ministered to and have a support base of people who care about people. And also, I also do believe that uh, we're going to see out of this, anytime there's been a crisis in American history and even outside the United States in nations that were based on scripture like Britain or England, crisis always produces uh, the, the term, the old term that we use is revival. And that's what it is. It's a reviving of people's hearts and spirits to turn their heart back to God. So hopefully some of these situations that 
that we're, we're dealing with and we're about to see, that's going to be the end result as people will restore their faith, turn to the Lord, uh, deal with their issues. And I got my earpiece just keeps coming out of this here right here. But that's what I'm hoping will be uh, kind of the end result from what we're going to see happen in the future. But I know uh, I see your trucks on the road all the time. I see some with scriptures on the back and I say, well, there's my friend's trucks right there delivering right. and doing uh, doing a great thing of helping the American people in this nation. So uh, do you have, any, you have any closing words you want to give on any thought that's maybe on your own heart? I don't disagree with anything you just said there. And, and, and uh, we got to use wisdom. And I'm always reminded that uh, God shall supply all my needs. Yes. All my it don't say how he's going to supply all my wants. If I, I'm not, I'm not going to get a Cadillac if I can't afford the gas to go in it. So <laughs> exactly. here's what I That's do right. know: my needs will be met. Right. So there is during this time of tribulation and trials that we're going to go, we're going through and going to go, continue to go through, and this upheaval that's happening, our needs are going to be met. And yes, so I believe that. I believe and you're that. right. We got to run to Him. We got to yes. run. He who dwells in the secret place. Of the Most High yes. shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. Now you're now you're now you're now you're sounding like me. <laughs> I probably got it for you. Well, I really I really appreciate your friendship over these years, and of course Rick, who's one of my closest friends in the world, Rick Tao, who's he's the husband of a great lady, yeah. Karen Wheaton. You know. Yeah. Uh, yep. But thank yep. you for your time. I know you're a busy man. You've got a lot going on there at Covenant Transport, but I just I just felt like. If I were to come on and share something, it comes a lot better from the man who's sitting behind the desk, who's running the company, who knows the inside uh, firsthand. Yeah. And so thank you Glad for sharing you. that with us. I really do appreciate that. Okay, and Perry, you have a good day. You too, and God bless you, David. Thank you. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Mm-hmm.